Hello and good day, dear supply chain community. Welcome to our podcast number three. We like to we love to welcome uh, Radu today, uh, live from Singapore. I hand over to Andy Rutke, my colleague from uh, from Chicago. So we've got a very international round today um, to kick off and to prepare for the first question. Andy, thank you so much, Chris. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Um, we're very delighted to have Radu Palamariu the Managing Director of Asia-Pacific of Algood Global to join us today for the third podcast. Um, and the key thing that we want to talk about today is basically how digitalization is changing the human resources and the supply chain talent that, that we're going to get into companies. Um, what we find is basically that although the the end-to-end -end supply chain IT systems is a, is a multi-billion dollar um, market, um, it seems that a lot of times the, all this investment is not really generating just as much benefits as, as you would, would expect. And on the other hand, of course, there are a lot of implications of having all this new IT investment because once you change the tools that you're using for supply chain management, you will see that you will need different people using it, different skill sets and capabilities in the people using it. So, um, and then, of course, the question is, if, if we don't see the benefits, why, why does it happen? So maybe let me start off uh, with the first question to you, Radu, um, to really talk about, do you see that the, the skill sets and the capabilities that companies require in their supply chain staff are changing because of digitalization? And if yes, so, what is, what is the trend and where is it going? Yes, a great question. And, and maybe I'll just quickly uh, point to, to one of the mentions that you've just made in terms of, uh, you know, tools are one thing and technology is one thing. I, I think the problem with a lot of the companies that are rolling out these tools is that maybe they forget sometimes to think a little bit, maybe that's where they need people like yourselves, to think a little bit of what are we trying to achieve, right? Because the point is not necessarily digital transformation, which is a buzzword that's been thrown around for too too long already and sometimes it loses its meaning. The, the point is not just that, but the point is, okay, what's the business outcome? What are we trying to improve? Are we trying to save costs? Are we trying to get something more efficiently done? Are we trying to, I don't know, um, get our customer satisfaction up? So I think a lot of uh, a missing piece sometimes is just the, that, that very clear understanding of what are we trying to achieve reason why obviously then it fails is that that's not clear, right? And then you, you go and jump into selecting the tool, but you're not clear on what's the outcome that you want to get. From a people perspective, that also uh, that, that leads to another set of challenges and, and maybe the most fundamental challenge that we come across in, in recruiting and executive search, but also at large in conversations with companies is the end-to-end -end skill set of understanding the business from a supply chain perspective is oftentimes missing. There's not a lot of organizations that are geared uh, and, and that have the resources and the talent that understands the business end-to-end. -end. They tend to operate in silos, they tend to know their little piece, it's not just in supply chain, it's businesses in general, and then obviously they miss out the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. let, me, let, me, let me touch on that end-to-end -end because you mentioned it. So end-to-end -end is of course one of the well, in terms that we're using a lot, so, so looking at everything from, from your customer or even your customer's customer all the way to your supplier or even, even second-tier suppliers. But once you, once you open up that visibility and the transparency end-to-end -end and you say, okay, the supply chain should now take care of that, 
wouldn't that mean that there is a much more business impact that the supply chain can leverage once you open up that end-to-end view? How would how would that change from a from an organizational perspective, or from a from at least from a from a person perspective, who you're hiring? The, the short answer is yes. It would. It, it's a very targeted question, a loaded question. So yes, the answer is definitely yes. It would matter, and it, it, it makes a difference. And obviously, if you understand, and most businesses, I think, again, they can work on understanding what does the client want. I, I remember vividly this conversation I had with a pharmaceutical supply chain leader. She was managing a team, and she's been in the industry for 30 years, but. Looking back on her career, she said the moment that her view transformed is the moment that she understood what is, and that was maybe, I don't know, five, ten years into her journey in supply chain, was the moment she understood that she's actually there to serve the customer. She's not there to fill up a form. She's not there to input data in the SNOP tool. She's not there to whatever different other pieces of the supply chain different functions do. She was there ultimately to make sure the client is happy and satisfied and that gave her finally that purpose, right? Again, end-to-end vision, I mean, in some ways, right? And vision to understand what am I here trying to achieve, right? So, yes, visibility is great. Uh, it's just that I, I guess coming back to more fundamental question is how do you achieve that, right? Because you need to have the whole organization aligned. You need to have the C-level aligned to drive it. A lot of the times, you know, sales has, I wouldn't necessarily say conflicting, but Obviously, their KPIs are different from the finance KPIs, are different from the supply chain KPIs sometimes, right? And they're not necessarily aligned. And unless you have that alignment, then the visibility piece or the end-to-end piece may, you know, may struggle to, to be achieved because of that lack of stakeholder agreement. Uh, that's but, Radu, what, what do you think? How many companies do really approach digitalization from a true end-to-end transformation perspective? What I always always say is is the the biggest crux of the of the of the word of the buzzword digital transformation is the word digital because it puts it into the IT corner, and and transformation somehow um, gets a bit degraded from 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 the whole thing and it's more about digitalization. This this comes back to the first point that you made, that uh, it's it's often the question why should I should I do this program and the, the way to justify. Um, the investment is typically a very classical one. So you, you need your ROI, you need your savings in order to do the investment and then we roll in a new IT system and blah, blah, blah. This is a very typical thing and I think this needs to drastically change from a, from a targeted achievement perspective to really um, drive the entire setup end-to-end completely different from how we did it um, um, in the past or how we did it so far. And I think this does not only require um, a different, a different viewpoint to where do we want to go, what do we want to achieve, but also from an investment perspective and from a from from um, uh, the power that 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 a company needs, the initiative that a company needs, and I fully agree that this needs to be sea level driven, to really take it as a transformative challenge and not just as an implementation of the next IT system. Do you agree? Absolutely, and and I'll bring into to the discussion, an example, I had a conversation with, um, she was a chief transformation officer, I think. Usually I kind of cringe at the, I mean, I, sorry for all the chief transformation officers out there, but I kind of cringe at the term, right, because transformation is not the job of one person. I, I think it, it, it's almost, uh, 
uh, I don't, I don't, ironical a little bit to, to think that one person can drive the whole transformation across the company, right? It has to be driven by the whole management team. But she was awesome. She was really a, a top-notch chief transformation officer. Her point was a, a very specific example, right? She was talking about RPA, robotic process automation. And she was saying, you know, somebody pitched her and she said, well, look, we can save you this many resources. We can save you half a... Um, half a person's cost here and half a person's cost in another geography and so on. And she's like, yeah, but I can't cut a person in half, can I? <laughs> like, you know, some of these things, whilst in theory makes sense, in practice, you know, I cannot reduce, you know, you either cut the whole person or you don't cut anything, right? So, I mean, the fact that you, you cut 50% of that. So, there's, there's this mumbo-jumbo sometimes where you get lost in the, in the details when actually um, the bigger picture is what matters, and, and what I sense and what I observe, and coming back to the transformation, it's not the business of the CIO or the chief supply chain officer or the CEO or whatever, it's the business of the CEO and the entire executive team. And it almost, I mean, it also pains me uh, sometimes, right, because all this, there's a lot of initiatives that are driven by one department, whether it's CIO, whether it's chief supply chain officer, whether it's chief operations officer, but the whole thing will collapse if it doesn't it doesn't have the, the support of all the different players involved. Right? How can we talk about end-to-end -end if sales is not involved, right? I mean, it's not going to work, right? I mean, if those guys don't give you the data, what are you going to, how are you going to do your planning, right? So, um, so I think that's, that's the, the bit that I, I see again and again and again. It's not necessarily about, you know, individual skills. Those, those are important, of course, but that piece of alignment at the sea level and maybe also the vendors and a lot of these solutions are sold maybe to the wrong person almost like it's like yes of course you, you need to get CIO and CSO on board but do you get the CEO as well right so uh, it's a little bit of, of, of a combination of these pieces I, I think that's a that's a very good very good point that that whole cross-functional aspect of, of, of how the organization should be operating um, I would like to, to direct that question to, to Klaus actually is that um, so the um, how would companies actually change their, their operating structure or how should they change their operating structure in order to be able to, to bring that, that collaborative nature that, that Rado is describing into the organization? Yeah, <clears throat> you know, um, I think the, the big challenge is that companies, big corporations need to invent a new dimension in which they organize supply chain. The classic of the traditional dimensions were um, predominantly on the site level, which is a kind of natural things within the four walls, and the four walls is somehow organizing itself. Um, and the other, um, the other dimension is a, is a functional one. We are organizing ourselves in sales and in purchasing and in planning and in transportation and in warehousing and all these functions. Um, and, and I think there, 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 are, there are two challenges. Number one is, um, to find a good dimension in which you can organize supply chain, I would say more than visibility, supply chain agility, um, other than just in functional fragments, in functional segments um, of, of the business. Because if you get global end-to-end -end visibility, you know what, what goes wrong. It's not yet... Um, it's not yet enough. You need to counteract or to act upon this visibility. And the speed, the agility, the speed drives the agility in which you in which you react, in which you make use of the visibility in order to turn things. And this this 
decisioning structure, this accountability structure needs to be different from organized by site and organized by function. And the second challenge, the second, sorry, the second challenge that I see is that all the IT vendors out there are functional domain driven. They try to expand their functional domains and they try to, to expand into, let's say, neighboring functional domains, but most of the of the um, IT vendors are definitely are more or less specialists in certain in certain domains, and they definitely drive domain um, uh, domain uh, excellence um, in within the function, but not necessarily across the function. This is something um, that that definitely um, um, completely lacks in the in the market in the offering. Um, a kind of cross-functional layer which goes above and beyond visibility is not existing today. The, the two very, very good, very good points. Um, Robert, I would like to, to, to see whether you see that these, these points in, in the requests that you get from your, from your numerous clients on, on the executive church mandates. Is that the topic of, of, of speed, of increased responsibility or accountability? And that, that um, essentially a cross-training perspective is that part of part of the the, the the descriptions of the person that that they're looking for is that part of it? Yes, uh, the, 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 the part with uh, let's call it change management for lack of I mean again depends on the label that you want to choose transformation change management it, obviously it means driving ultimately a behavioral change that is usually implemented through systems and in a digital way, right? for the sake of simplicity. Um, so uh, most of the searches that we do at, at sea level and whatever, if you call them global transformation leads, this we've done uh, in recent times, uh, we've had a few mandates for global innovation heads. Uh, in, in principle, there's, there's two large components to it, right? So one component, which I see as even more important than the technology side, is the mindset change or change management. You know, are you able, first and foremost, to tell the story and to, to sell a vision, which only, really only happens if you have the proper support, right? Again, I cannot emphasize this enough. If the organizational structure is wrongly designed and if, you know, if you don't have the air coverage from whatever it might be, board, CEO, CSC, or whatever. I mean, depends on what and what's the scale of the change that you're trying to implement. If you don't have that, it's going to fail, right? But then, if, let's say, assume you have that, right? You need to have very good storytelling and influencing skills to get the stakeholders aligned, right? And to sell a certain vision and story that everybody agrees with. Um, and then, obviously, get the lower levels, right? Also, bought into the idea of why do we need to change? Because typically, people don't like change right so that you need to have a narrative and not only a narrative but you know it's it's i've even spoken to an executive she her point was to actually flush out dissent and her team you know globally would go in a factory level and say what's your issue what's your problem why do you think this is crap right why do you think what we're trying to do is actually crap and then obviously people will tell you why it's crap because they have plenty of reasons why they don't want to change right and then she would actually go and address that yes okay i understand your concern but this is how you're fixing it i understand that you know, so the, basically there's different ways in which you can get that buy-in rather than try to shove it down people's throats. So number one, change management skills, influencing skills, I would package it like that, it's, it's the soft skills. And then, of course, understanding technology, having 
experience in rolling out, whether it's an IBP system, where uh, you know integrated business planning system, SNOP system, whatever it may be, matters, right? I mean, the more you have done this, I was talking to an executive that had literally, he was on his fifth integrated business planning implementation within 12 years. He had shifted five companies, five, yeah. And every time she, he was basically called in there to implement, you know, uh, somehow uh, the mandate that he ended up doing is implementing a new integrated business plan across um, across the organization, right? So you should have some background, right? I mean, obviously having that large scale or smaller scale and then you grow large scale is important because it gives you that, that uh, persona and that, uh, you know, that experience. So there's two things, right? Change management on the soft skill side, mindset side, and then obviously having the Ability, agility, and experience in having done rollouts before. Mm. These are these are a very good summary of, of the podcast. I think we're running out of out of time a bit. Um, the, let me let me summarize it basically exactly as you said: the, the change management skills, the selling the vision, um, and basically taking it into the into the organization. The whole alignment across the the organization that that Klaus mentioned. Um, a topic we have not. Really been able to touch on, but I think Charles, that's what's coming up in, in the next podcast, uh, number four, is where do we actually find people who can who can do that? How do they build that? Apart from rather you mentioned, so basically you learn on the job, but how do we get the, the right initial skills to be able to perform on the job in place? Um, and I think Charles, that's something that's going to come in one of the next podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. But but I would like to to um, expose Radu to to one additional question in this respect because uh, you rightly said uh, Radu that certain skills and change management and 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 creating and convince creating a narrative and convincing people of this narrative in order to to um, um, jump on a change journey. This all is important from a from a from a change management leadership um, um, perspective, C level, CSCO level, or whatever the, the level is, but those ones who initiate and drive this change. But do you agree that also the operational levels of planning, for example, um, once you turn it end to end and you take it away from I'm planning my warehouse, I'm planning my DC, I'm planning my 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 production line, into I I need to plan um, or I need to evaluate disruptions from an end to end perspective. Um, that this is requiring a complete different skill set also on the operational level. I think this is a this is an important question that I would like to shed some light on um, in this podcast as well. Um, what's your What's your point of view, Rado? Well, uh, it is a different skill set, and, and not a lot of people. I mean, most people don't have it, right? I mean, firstly, most organizations are not geared towards that, right? I mean, in all honesty. They may or may not claim that they have the right systems, but <laughs> beyond the systems, the skills of the teams probably are not there. I mean, most don't have the systems in the first place, or they don't have the right data that cuts across. Mm -hmm. And if they do, I would argue that the teams are probably not uh, as uh, you know as um, well trained as they could be. So I think there's a there's a way to go, but that's that therein lies the crux of who's going to make it in the next. I don't know, three, five, ten years, and who's not going to make it, right? Because that will be the difference that will make or break companies. I mean, ultimately, there's been a lot of advancements. You know, you basically can copy an iPhone uh, in pretty much two weeks if you wanted to. You cannot that easily copy the whole supply chain of Apple, right? So mm -hmm. from the distributor to the, you know, to the manufacturer to so on. So 
Uh, so that's the crux. Uh, skills, we, we've not, even from an educational level, starting from an educational, we've not been that agile even at the education level. I think that is slowly changing. We need to uh, accelerate that as well. Companies need to be more flexible in terms of how they do the career shifts and how they expose their supply chain per se, because we're talking supply chain, but in general, the organization to different functions. Also making sure that they understand, again, back to the point, the business, what are we trying to achieve? How do we serve our consumer? Make sure that you have that business big picture acumen, that you're not just filling up, I don't know, a small, right? Because end-to-end, by design means, understand the whole process. So uh, I think companies need to do better educating their own staff around that and exposing them to the different implications. Education system needs to be put into place. So we have a long way to go. Um, but at the same time, it's moving into that direction. There's people I was talking to, another executive, he was, his background was in marketing. And seven years ago, uh, in a large, huge apparel uh, brand, they gave him the task of becoming a regional head of logistics. He had never done logistics, but he was, he was very entrepreneurial. And now he's the global head of logistics managing 12 billion, two people in that company, himself and one other, managed 12 billion worth of spend globally on logistics. Mm-hmm. He taught himself, right? And he, he was very agile. And so it's, it's also that ability, and hopefully using some good headhunters like ourselves or others, <laughs> that ability to spot, right? Selfless plug in there. But you need to spot that type of talent that also serves as a good example in your organization of, okay, Let's break out of this silo mentality and let's get you know get things done. So I don't know if there's a silver bullet. We are all on the mm-hmm. journey, right? We're all on the process. A lot of organizations are, but these are some elements that came yeah. to my mind. Great. Thank you very much, Radu. Um, uh, Andy, you already gave a, gave a heads up to our next uh, podcast, will be, which will be number four, with um, a very interesting person on a very interesting topic that relates to what we just discussed. This will be Professor Martin Christopher. Um, a kind of primary rock in the supply chain and, um, and logistics scene, um, uh, three decades of Cranfield, um, bringing Cranfield University to where it stands today. Um, and uh, we, will, we will discuss with Martin about the question how academia is going to prepare um, um, young people um, and young professionals um, to the new end-to-end world in supply chain and logistics. Looking forward to that, but for today, um, Radu, I think a very interesting viewpoint um, uh, on uh, from 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 this angle on supply chain management and end to end. Thank you very much. Thanks to Singapore. Have a good night. Um, and uh, I guess we we talk soon again. Thank you very much, Andy. My pleasure.